Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. And our special guest, I'm delighted to say for this episode, is former Reading defender Linvoy Primus. And to give you your official title, Linvoy, it's Linvoy Primus MBE. So we're we're honoured. Uh, we're honoured. We're honoured anyway as a football legend, but I don't know, Johnny, if we've ever had an MBE before, have nope. we? I don't think so. Uh, no, no. Oh, first, Linvoy. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It's an honour. <laughs> so, so, Linvoy, thanks ever so much for joining us and uh, a warm welcome to you to the 1871 podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm well. Just, um, yeah, it's the end of the season uh, in a different way for me because uh, my work uh, works around football season. So, um, but I can't nip off on holiday to Dubai like the boys and stuff like that. <laughs> I just stay at home and uh, think of them in uh, on holiday. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, a little bit quiet, but all well, all's good. Yeah, and and it rains sometimes out in Dubai, so you never know. That's true. <laughs> Probably uh, that that um, it's like mist that there rains, it's like mist in the Sand air. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's probably more like used it. To, used to live at that, but it's hot and sunny most of the time, to be fair. Mm, good. But, um, Linvoy, before we, we speak to you, just want to let our listeners and our, our viewers on YouTube know about our guests coming up on the 1871 podcast. So tomorrow we've got former Reading midfielder and model John Halls. Um, so that's tomorrow. And then on Tuesday, thanks to Johnny's sterling efforts stroke being a stalker, um, we've got... <laughs> Uh, former Reading winger Glenn Little, so we're looking forward to that one. Potentially, that could be a long episode because he likes to talk. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to that one, and we'll also bring you a bonus episode when eventually Reading announce their new manager. We don't know when that's going to be. I think we said on one of the episodes recently, Johnny, that there was some sort of announcement that if you bought a season ticket, you could meet the manager on June the second, but actually. We've reread it. We think what it means is that if you buy your season ticket before June the 2nd, you get to meet the new manager at some point. So yeah. it doesn't mean that he's definitely coming in before June the 2nd because we thought that might have meant that they know who it was already. Um, 
anyway, you're probably confused, so I'll move on. <laughs> talking of talking of managers, at the, at the time of recording this episode, the new favourite, we, we seem to have a new favourite every day. Um, so at the time of recording this, the new favourite is former Celtic and Leicester assistant manager Chris Davies. Um, so Chris was Reading's youth team captain. Um, unfortunately, his playing career uh, came to an end very early. Um, I think it was 19 um, due to an injury. Um, so he's a former Reading first team coach and he, he worked with Brendan Rogers. He was Brendan Rogers' assistant at Leicester. Um, so he's apparently the new favourite. Um, whether we take any notice of, of that <laughs> or not is a different story, but um, that's the inverted commas, the news today. Um, and a bit of news about the 1871 podcast. We're now up to 58th place on the Apple Football Podcast chart. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we, we haven't got we haven't got a marketing budget to invest in social media. But I'll tell you what we do have. We we have some brilliant guests, and we've got one today, Lim, Limvoy Primus. Um, so before we speak to Limvoy, um, just a word about Dylan. Um, he might be joining us. You know, we don't know. He might be joining us midway through this episode. We never know for sure what's going on with Dylan. But um, if not, hopefully he's joining us for tomorrow's episode. Um, so an update on him and Murumo Gallants in South Africa. So they had their CAF Confederation Cup semi-final uh, on Wednesday, the second leg of that. So that's kind of the equivalent of Africa's Europa League, um, that, t- that type of competition. Um, and they had their second leg. They they were they were losing from the first leg. Unfortunately, they lost the second leg on Wednesday as well. So they're out of the competition, but they've done absolutely brilliantly to get there. And Dylan's turned them around and they've got a chance of of staying up. Another side that he's gone in and done is Neil Warnock um, impression in South Africa. So uh, Marumo Gallants have got a relegation decider on Saturday against Dylan's former club, Morocco Swallows. Um, so if Gallants win, they will stay up and they could stay up if they draw. Um, but if they lose, they'll either be relegated automatically or they'll go into um, what they do in South Africa is a relegation playoff. So it's the team, the, the second lowest team in the South African Premier Division goes into that. So um, wish Dylan good luck with that. Um, so Limvoy. Coming to you now. Um, do we have to call you sir? Do we have to? <laughs> well, if, if, if the uh, if the day of the week ends in Y, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, right, sir. Right. Sir Limboy. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, normally. Right. <laughs> well, you know um, me, just Limboy. That'll do it. <laughs> officially Limboy Primus MBE. So an absolute pleasure, Limboy. So, you know, thank, thank you so much for, for sparing your time. So you joined Reading in 1997. Uh, you were there for three seasons and then Portsmouth for nine seasons. Mm. Um, and of course, those two clubs are playing each other in League One next season. So my first question yeah. is, who will you be supporting? Obviously, <laughs> a team that wears blue and then a team that's got white in there. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think the last time they played in the league. It wasn't the 7-4 game, was it? I don't think that was the last one, but that was like the memorable. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know what? I forgot, you know, the, the, the leagues 
Oh, hey. See, there we go. We told you. Oh, it's like look, magic. Look who it is. <laughs> Hello. Hey, nice it's Dylan one. Kerr, everyone. Dylan Kerr, my lord, has joined hey. us. Sorry I'm late. You know, no but... problem, no problem. Fine. The fines um, waiting. The boys have got a fine system for you. <laughs> so yeah. And Dylan, I don't know if you know this, but we're actually speaking to Linvoy Primus, who's an MBE. When when are you going to get your oh. MBE? <laughs> <laughs> What's the equivalent in South Africa? Um, whew, I don't even know. I don't know if they have anything. I, I wouldn't have, have a clue. Congratulations, Linvoy. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. A few years ago, I, that's funny enough, I, I don't really think about it until it's mentioned because, um, you know, you just think to yourself, well, everything you do, you don't do it for uh, a, a, a reward in its art. So uh, to actually have that, um, you know, awarded to me was was really special, but I was like, unsure it was going to happen. I didn't even know anything like it could happen. So, yeah, I'm more surprised than everybody else, I think. Yeah, well, so, well- well, Dylan, you're you're Dylan Kerma, Lord. That's all. That's all you need, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, look, Dylan, we were we were just actually mentioning that you might join us. We were hoping you join us. So pleased to to see you here. And and I just literally about two seconds before you joined was talking about Marumo Gallants. So unfortunately, uh, you, you, lost, you lost on Wednesday, but you did brilliantly to get to the semi final. So well done. And you got the big relegation decider on on Saturday. Do you think you're going to do it? I don't. I actually, the way we're playing, um, the the way we played in the two legs against a team that's kind of like in the English Premier League compared to us being in the, you know, even the even the southeast Premier League of you know tier six. It's it's that bigger difference in club size and stature and obviously money. But oh my god, if we'd have, if we could have had a striker. You know, Stevie Wonder could have scored some of our goals. <laughs> no, Limboy, honestly, honestly, he, he killed me. He killed me. We missed four one-on-ones away at Yanger in front of 60,000 people, oh. which was unbelievable. And most of my players have not played in that environment. Uh, it was intimidating. It was noisy. And we, we should have put the game to bed in the first 10 minutes in the second half. Yesterday... It was it was slightly different. There wasn't a big crowd there. We don't really get big crowds in South Africa at the moment. Um, but in the first half, we had three one on ones, and we couldn't. We can't score. It's 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 ridiculous how we miss these chances. Mm-hmm. And then they came. They sat in. They were two. They got the two in the lead from the first leg, and they got two counter attacks, and 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 they put the game to bed. But the way we played, and 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 for my little club, the way what we've done in in the twenty one games I've played in ninety days, and we've travelled to we've travelled to Liberia, uh, to Libya, to Egypt, to Zambia, and to Algiers. Uh, wow. In between all these, it's been absolutely phenomenal. And the biggest of all mother games is on Saturday. Um, that we have to win, and if we win, we stay up. But I, I, I can't can't thank the guys for, for for doing what they've done since I've arrived, and I just hope the legs for the final game will be uh, will be ready. I mean, we played we played three games every week for three months. Oh. And 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 how do you get to train? How do you get to train in that time? 
We don't. We don't. Oh, we don't say. Yeah. The worst thing is um, the culture here is it's 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 driven by money, you know, because obviously, you know, the the, the families, you know, are, are struggling, and a player, a player in Africa, they have to they have to look after everybody, not just their own family, but the wives' families, and you know, they've got kids, grandkids. We've got. I mean, it, it is it is tough for these players. So every bit bit of money that they can get, you know, it it, it, it helps, and and they need it. Mm. They need it. Um, Tuesday we were supposed to do you know our final training session. The players went on strike. They refused to train until the chairman came and promised them what he verbally offered them, which was a percentage of the final. Uh, monies that they were going to get. So they refused to train on Tuesday. It completely completely pissed me off, excuse the French. But I, because I worked in Africa, I understand why. Mm. But at the same time, you know, being English and, 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 and being brought up the way I have in football, you know, I've never played for money. I've always played for, for, for mm. to get as high and to get to the best I can be. Whether yeah. it's winning whether it's winning a trophy or even getting to a final. And on on Tuesday, you know, they they, they, they were adamant they weren't going to train. And if the chairman hadn't have come uh, Wednesday morning, uh, signed this piece of paper guaranteeing them, you know, uh, a percentage of the, the final uh, winnings, um, then, you know, we, we, we would have never won. We would never even, I don't think we would have ever played. And, and that, that, that's what really, really hurts me. Um, but it did. The players gave it the best shot. They were absolutely outstanding. They were they, they went from the first minute to the 95th minute. Like I said, got caught on two counters. Um, and now we, we, we've travelled for three hours to come to Pretoria. To Pretoria. We're playing Soweto on Saturday. We, we're not going to train tomorrow. The, the, the guys... I can't. We can't do anything. Mm. So we went to the to the to the game with the same mentality um, as we did yesterday morning when the chairman came and signed this piece of paper. But again, the chairman is going to have to come to the party, as they say, and he's going to have to offer them something. And I mean, and it's got to be something that they, they they will they will basically you know run through brick walls for. I don't yeah. like it. Would, it's not uh, that's not how it was in your time at the club, and and obviously you were there. Um, we were just talking to Linvoy before you joined us, and Linvoy joined, I think, a couple of years after you left, or maybe a year after you left, something like that. Uh, and Linvoy, um, I want to take you back to to when you joined Reading, and Dylan's talking about all the problems he's got over there. But there was a little bit of controversy when you joined Reading, wasn't there? Because Am I right in saying that somebody tried to sue you over problems with an agency fee when you joined Reading? That's um, right. Was that was that a stressful time for you, or did you just think, "Look, I'm going to leave it to everyone else to to sort yeah. out agents and I all that sort of thing"? I suppose, yeah. In the, when you you know when you've when the opportunity came uh, to sign for Reading, you know my my first thoughts were, you know, I'm going to play in a higher league. Um, I've got an opportunity to play against Charlton again because they released me as a 20 year old. Um, and, and I'd signed up with an agency, but the agency that I signed up with, they're massive now. Um, they, uh, the way they handled me wasn't great. 
and and being, I think I was what twenty three, I think twenty three, twenty four, and you know, there's a bit of you that thinks, come on, guys, you know, I'm only, you know, this is an opportunity to go somewhere, and you're not doing it the right way. So anyway, <clears throat> I jumped out the fire, uh, frying pan into the fire, worked with another agent, and um, and that's when going with this other agent, he didn't tie up the loose ends to move me off with the uh, from the other end. So, yeah, they took me to court, but we settled on the steps. Um, and it was, uh, you know, 500 quid that they went to take me to court for. Um, and and, I, and at that point, I think I realised, you know what, this industry it can, it can be cutthroat from all sides. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, it was a little bit controversial. But I was hoping the agent I signed with had dealt with it, but he hadn't, and, uh, you know, a little bit... To, like Dylan says there, there's there's so many uh, reasons those boys didn't want to train because their purpose is, I want to play football, great, but my purpose is to make money for my family. So, you know, so with that frustration, you can see, you know, sometimes in football, we don't know what motivates people. So, um, so I had that in the background. It was stressful, but it wasn't over stressful because I had football to look forward to. I was moving into a new area and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and um, I just want to talk about you and Keith McPherson because for me, mm. I think probably for Johnny as well and, and many, many, many Reading fans, uh, and don't worry, Dylan, we're not talking about fullbacks at the moment, we're talking about centre-backs. <laughs> but you, you and Keith McPherson, um, I, I would say regarded by, certainly by many Reading fans, as two of the best centre-backs in, in the club's history. Oh, wow, and, wow. And 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 obviously you went on to to do really well with Portsmouth as well, you know Keith McPherson. He was a he was a great player as as well. Same same as yourself, Linvoy. What was that partnership like? And did you you know was there a chemistry there, or was it just yeah. about football, or how how did that work? Yeah, you know what? Thank you for saying that because you know sometimes uh, Dylan again you can probably concur to this that you don't you, your your career is really good when you finish playing. Because you don't only remember the good bits, don't you? Yeah. But whilst my time at Reading, uh, it, there was a lot of things going on, so it was clouded. So my performances, I never saw my performances as being good enough, even if there were seven or eight or nine, ten or whatever it was at uh, ten. It never felt enough, so um, so I was never satisfied. So um, you know, the relationship with Maka was brilliant because he really. Um, I'd say guided me in terms of the way he played, uh, the way he spoke on the pitch, the way he spoke off the pitch. And he was a good person as a reference point, you know, to work with. Um, and I think the understanding probably got a little bit better after we got beat 6-0 by Tranmere. Um, our understanding got a little bit better after that because we both, you know, were open with each other and uh, vulnerable with each other. I think that was a big thing being vulnerable with each other, the weaknesses and the strengths and, and all of that. And and that just helps us trust each other and uh, build something. But I think the problem we had at Reading, we had a lot of injuries, a lot of players coming in and out, and we never had a consistent team. And when we did, those key players got injured again. Parky was one of them. And, um, you know, I remember him and Hodgie in a cup game were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Oh, no, Man City, I think, were brilliant. We lose three or four players just before deadline day, and you're like, oh, what? What next? So, uh, but Mecca, great, really good, and uh, you know, probably had 
maybe about 18 months of playing regularly together before yeah. there were challenges and stuff. And do you remember the Isn't song that... I used to sing about him, about Keith McPherson? No, go on, remind me. I'm I'm not a singer, so oh. um, <laughs> it's one of my favourite all-time Reading songs, apart from Dylan's song, obviously. Keith McPherson, brilliant. <laughs> okay, not, not brilliant the, the way I sing it, but <laughs> Johnny, well, I'm, Johnny, I'm gonna gonna let you jump in now. Go on. Yeah, Linvoy, um, when I was saying you're one of the best Sedgefield defenders we've had, and and when you came to Reading, what what was your impression of Elm Park? Um, and and that old stadium. <laughs> like, would you go there and go? What have I done? <laughs> well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. So I, you know, obviously you've heard about Reading, but I've never been to the ground. And uh, when I when we pulled up outside, it obviously it's not the same as Upton Park, but Upton Park's in between houses used to yeah. be, obviously. So when we pulled up, that wasn't unfamiliar. But then when we walked through the reception area, I thought, wow. It's a big club, but it's old because, you know, I'm coming from Barnet and, you know, Barnet's got nothing really. Uh, and it's old. And I remember going on the pitch and thinking, wow, the pitch is decent. The pitch is decent. Um, and the terracing just looking around. I remember there wasn't many new grounds around at the time. So it wasn't anything to say, oh, this doesn't look great. But I do, <laughs> I do remember this. I, I can't remember if we were try, uh, had to do a little bit of, um, a fitness test. I can't remember, but I remember stretching looking around at the advertising boards and, you know, and I, the first lot of boards I saw for a taxi firm and the numbers were six, 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 six. And I'm thinking, oh my days, is this club like something to do the devil or, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, and, 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 and that was my main thought. There was another one, but I can't say it on air because it won't <laughs> be great, honestly, it won't be great. But, um, but the excitement, I suppose, to get the ground and everything like that, the excitement was, you know, I, I'm, Gonna give give my, have an opportunity to play uh, a level that I really believe I could play at, but you know, and the dream that was sold to me about the stadium and and everything like that, and I thought, cool, I could be part of something special um, in a number of ways. So yeah, so it was a it was a good feeling. It was a, it was it wasn't a uh, oh, what am I going to do? It was a really good feeling when I came. And like that first season under Terry, a bit like this season for Reading, we started off okay, didn't we? And then after Christmas. Mm. Like so with the injuries, it just kind of yeah, fell collapsed. Apart and, yeah, yeah, there's no other way of looking at it. Is it? <laughs> no, it then, collapsed. Then you had Tommy come in with the, the yeah. deadline day, magnificent seven, wasn't it? And then yeah. obviously to the, the Majeski. Mm. And then, then you had Pards as manager, didn't you, after Tommy? Both been Pards That's right, yes. How was that period of transition? Because you were there for the three seasons of mm. change, really. As a player, how did that feel for you, going to the new yeah. ground but in a lower league? That's right. Yeah, I suppose the only way to describe it was uh, it it was chaotic in terms of you you knew you know what as a player you never want to get relegated anyway you want to be successful so we knew I knew to experience that was horrible you know I remember coming off the pitch and just going straight into the dressing room uh, bath at uh, Forest just in tears, you know, because it's like, how could this happen? And then, you know, you don't analyse too much, but I remember looking through the season thinking, guys, key moments, key players, could we have done this, could we have done that? And, you know, you know, that's after it's all done. And and so when a new manager comes in, you know, Dylan, you know this, the, the feeling of, 
does he want me? That's a, you don't care about everybody else. You're like, <laughs> does he want me? You know, what's his plans? Who's, who's that coming in with him? You know, who's that? You know, you, so you, this sense of insecurity uh, was huge, really, really big. Um, and I think when Pards came back, that was to stabilise uh, the playing side of things because he had that knack of being able to do that. But he also had a a, a way of separating everything, them against us, and making the players believe in that. Yeah. So when he came, it felt like things were going to be good. But, you know, I love mine, Alan, but I think his time with Pards, uh, it wasn't great for what the club were trying to build. And I saw it quite early. I just I knew there was going to be a clash somewhere. Yeah. Is either going to be with the players, is either going to be pards, is either going to be upset. I knew something's going to happen. So again, there was a, there was this sense of um instability that I, I no one likes anyway, but when you want to play the game of football, but you know there's lots of other things affecting it. Um, you know, the stuff going on in my personal life as well. So with all of that mix, it was a, it was tough, but I think you grow in so in, in so many ways. I think in that area of uh, football, I grew a lot, you know, because it was a it wasn't just about the pitch; it was off the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dylan, you uh, obviously Linvoy came in not long after you left, and you know, if you think about in the nineties, some of the the centre backs that we had, so Keith McPherson, Darius Dovchek, and then Linvoy comes in. Um, you know, what were what was that like? That relationship with with you, Dylan, and and the, and the centre backs, um, you know, a, a, as a unit, because because that was that was great when when you were part of of Reading. That was one of the reasons for the success. You kind of just all seemed to know what everyone was doing, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to come on, on. You know what? Well, invoice said just about Keith McPherson, one of the nicest centre backs you've ever ever played with, and 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 want to know, but mm. it never. Used- Speak to me. You never used to speak to anybody. <laughs> he had a lot of sense then. <laughs> well done. Save, save, whatever, whatever, save. You know, it was my captain. It was my captain, and he, he was always reliable. And I remember, obviously, because I always kept in touch with Parky, Macker, and uh, um, Jiltsy. Um, one of the things that Macker has always said um, is that you know. Playing with those defenders, you know, Darius and Adi and Jeff Hopkins, um, especially, he says that, you know, he had such a good understanding with you, you know, and, and Park is off. Park used to say that as well, you know. So, you know, it, sometimes when you leave clubs and you think, well, maybe if you've got the opportunity to stay, maybe the, the new people that are coming in, that, you know, you could have suited that kind mm. of you know, style of play which we had. And, uh, I, I, I'll never forget, you know, we, I, when when I always speak to Maka, uh, I'm trying to get him on the show, uh, and he and he, he's, he's that, you know, quiet and shy. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to come onto the show. But now maybe that I've told him that you're going to be on, mm-hmm. uh, it <laughs> changes opinion. But um, yeah, he was. Uh, there was some. I mean, every, everybody's talking about Darius being, you know, he was a he was a different kind of player, being that uh, you know European style. Of, uh, of a defender, but you know we had good defenders, and we we had you know so such a good understanding and such a good partnership of of how we worked and how we played together, now how, how we socialised together. I mean, it's it's often mentioned, 
you know, when when we do these <laughs> things, we say that you know we we go to Utopia, and, and that, <laughs> what is that then? What what do you mean? <laughs> Your picture was on the above the entrance. <laughs> VIP member. <laughs> I don't know with the hairstyle back in the nineties, but I'm... <laughs> no, but uh, you know, okay. you, you need. I think you need that. Um, I've got. I've got. I've got thirty-two players at this club, and twenty of them are midfield players. You know, I've got six defenders and I've got four strikers and, and two goalkeepers. You know, um, and defenders, you know, you, you, I've lost my two centre-halves through uh, hamstring injuries last night. Uh-huh. They played a, they played a, a striker uh, for, for young Africans. He was like Michael Jules. He was, he was like lightning. Mm-hmm. He's, literally, he's literally given my centre-half at least six, six metres and he's, and he's from the halfway line and he's beaten him. To the 18 yard, crossed it and scored. And my hand and, and my centre half's hamstring uh, is old. So I've got, got not <laughs> so it's important now. I've got I've got two centre halves. One that's not played all season. Right. You know, uh, you couldn't get in. You know, because we've, we've been really really good with that. So it's, it, it, I always feel that you know if you've got a, a strong back two and a strong goalkeeper as we did with uh, Reading with Shaka mm. goals. You know, we, we it allowed it gave me the freedom to go forward. It gave Andy Bernal the license to go forward because we knew we had two very strong defenders, and that that must be important for for your relationship as a central defender. Yeah, definitely. And you know, even the names there, I forgot about Bernie. You know, he played uh, outside me uh, a couple of times. Well, uh, probably half a season or so. And it is it. I remember when you know playing in the prem. Uh, no, sorry, the season before getting to the Prem, a good friend of mine, Darren Moore, had gone up with West Brom. So uh, he said, Lynn, he said, uh, you play a game and a half when you've played. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you play in half your right-back's game, half your midfielder's game, half your centre-back's game. He said, you're mentally more you're worn out because the game's so quick and people are moving so quickly. And I think if you haven't got a good relationship with the players around you, like thinking that the unction, yeah, he's going to go in and win it. That he's going to go in and win it, so I can get round here. If you haven't got that, if you're like, oh, is he going to win it? It's all over. But if you've got that little feeling that, yeah, he's going to win this, or he's not going to win this, it just those key things, and you can't, you can't make that happen. It, t- it comes from camaraderie. It comes from you know a meal out, or you know the the Tuesday club or the Wednesday club or whatever. You know, it, it, it does come from that. It does help. It's not, you know, to do every week. You can't do it every week now. I don't think you can do it, you know, every once a month or anything. It has changed a bit. But that does really help um, understanding uh, relationships with your teammates as well. Yeah. Johnny, do you want to come back in now? Yeah. I was going to say, Linvoy, I read there that when you... How was it a difficult decision for you to leave reading? I said the issues about contracts and stuff. For That's you. right. What, yeah. What happened? Well, yeah, so... So in the turmoil of everything, so <laughs> you must remember Massar. Do you remember oh, yes. Massar? Oh, yeah. the famous Massar. Yeah, Massar. We used to call it, my dad used to call him Massage. He <laughs> said, he said, because uh, he never really performed well for us. But anyway, it's another story. <laughs> anyway, um, so when I, when I signed, you know, the contract I signed when I came, it was a three year contract, 
terms stayed the same all the way through. So when Terry left and Tommy came in, Tommy said to me, Lynn, I, I really, uh, I want to keep you at the club and we want to change the contract for you. And I said, Oh, happy days. You know, we, we've moved in the area and now that, you know, it looks like I'm going to settle, uh, and be here for, for a while. Cause again, new manager comes in, might want to change things. Um, and nothing happened, you know, nothing happened. And then, um, Tommy went, no, sorry, just before Tommy went, Pard said to me, Lynn, whatever you do, don't sign the contract. I said, but I haven't even been offered one yet. <laughs> he said, have you? <laughs> you know, he's let the cat out of the bag sort of thing. So I said, why not? He said, it's not going to be favourable to you. So I said, all right, then. I kept that in mind. Still nothing. Pard comes in. Uh, and you've got to remember, I played with Pards at Charlton. Yeah. As I, literally, as I was walking out the door at Charlton, he said to me, Linvoy, they've made a mistake you're going to prove them wrong and, you know, they're going to see you playing and you're going to be worth X amount of money. That's the last thing he said to me as I left Charlton. He then, we then played together at Barnet about a season and a half. I'm covering him, you know, I'm doing an extra run. <laughs> you know, that uh, didn't say any centre-ass went off with a hamstring injury. I was doing a similar thing for Pards. And then, um, and then Pards offered me a deal. Now, as manager, honestly, it broke my heart. It absolutely broke my heart. And I thought to myself, how can he do this? But And I was looking at it on the structure of the club now. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. on what I was just looking at. The, and, and, you know, Pards said, uh, made a couple of uh, statements in the paper. One, he even claimed, I really wish I kept it, or we had, um, what do you call it at the time, uh, phones, with camera phones, where he said, Linvoy's my soul Campbell. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> Happy days. I'm here. I'm a lifer. And What's he drunk? Well, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, for him to go public with that, he must have been. So uh, so anyway, it, it never happened. And, you know, we never fell out. But I was really disappointed, really disappointed. And like I say, it wasn't, for me, it got to a place where, you know, unfortunately, you know, when Tommy signed all those players, he signed a lot of reserve team players, you know, who weren't ready for week work, football week in, week out. They were used to one game, have a drink after the game. You've got, you know, six, seven days to prepare for the next reserve game. All of a sudden, no, we're in a battle and their lifestyle didn't change and that really didn't help. And I thought to myself, these guys, I was looking at this thinking, you know what, football's not fair. These guys are on like double what I'm on and... You know, they're living their life like, no, I'm not having it, you know. So that's when, when it came to contract stuff, I thought, well, if you've got a value in me, like you say you have, then, you know, and you think I'm better than these guys here, then, back, you know, do something better. And it, it never happens, um, obviously. Um, we, Like I said, we never fell out, but I was disappointed. And he then phoned me in the summer, uh, Paz phoned me in the summer, said, what are you doing? I said, I, got, I haven't got a club. And his words were, you're too good to not be playing. I'm going to phone Tony Pulis. Now, Pugh was at Pompey. So he said, and, he, and, and he said, I'll see what he says, but I'll just let you know that you'll be good for the squad, but I'm not sure you're ready for the first team because they're in the championship. So I don't yeah. think you'll be ready for the first team. So he said, I'll phone him and say and see what happens. Anyway, the you know, short story is, went on trial, short, signed the contract, and, and that was it, really. So, yeah, so that wrangling... It again, Dylan. You you must know so many stories of players who've had promised contracts not done and all that. And 
and sometimes you're expected to get on with it. But yeah, it comes to the point. Sorry, go on. Go on. After, I mean, it, 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 a lot of people don't know that there's, <laughs> with all the, you know, there's some success in football and, and your, your career yeah, is as, 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 as far as you can take it from the people that are in control. Mm-hmm. You know, and the disappointments in football, the, you know, daily, having to, having to perform at a level, having to play at a level, there is disappointments that's going to that's gonna happen. But mm-hmm. it's the ones in, in your control. Mm-hmm. That are hard to come by. I had that. Sim- I had that similar. It's interesting, and this is why I love this show. You know, when we're speaking to you know former players, ex-players, you know, we we, we get to know the insights of it because you know I didn't know that uh, <laughs> happened, and and like I had the similar experience with Quinny and Jordy, you know, and and I was prompt when Mark left. You know, my contract was coming to an end. And I refused to sign a contract. I went on a week to week, you know. And when I had that horrendous injury where I'd ripped my uh, my hamstring right off the bone of my ass and couldn't walk, you mind? In a, uh, my career was over. And Quinny popped his head round the, the door in the old changing rooms at Elm Park, and 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 just said, "Well, that screwed your move to Norwich City." And I went, "What?" He says, "Yeah, we 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 we'd agreed to let you." to go and join Gary Megson at Norwich City you know but I played in that game because I you know I would have I just loved playing mm. you know and, and it, 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 it's, it's when when people take away what you love and what you what you what you believe in that that's the disappointing thing and I don't think lots of you know football fans know that mm. they all think oh footballer great lifestyle can do this can do that you know the 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 the, the, the sacrifices you have to make you know to to, to you know, away from your families a lot. You, you know, you you you're pushing yourself through so much, you know, energy and uh, exhaustion at the same time. You know, to be the best, to be the best for that club, to be the best for that coach. You know, and and like I say, it's, you know, the, this is the beauty of this program, these these shows, because we get we're allowed to tell you how it is because fans don't know fans. Yeah. No, and, and Limvoy on on that on that subject, if you like, obviously. You know, it was a bit of a difficult time. It was a difficult start for you at Reading with the the agent thing, and you know, and then relegation and all that sort of thing. And actually, you've you've um, you've admitted that you were suffering from from depression during your playing mm. career. Mm. Um, so, two questions to do with that, really. So, how did you how did you find a way through that? And, and also. You know, there's so many people that are affected in in that way, and a lot of them don't talk about it. So, what would be, so what was your experience? Uh, and secondly, you know, anyone who's going through that type of experience, what would your advice be to them? Yeah, so I'd say that, um, you know, first of uh, today we've got more access to, you know, the. Um, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, we've got more access now. And I don't mean this is football, I just mean this is a general thing because the awareness of mental health is, you know, said mental health week at the moment, you know, so I hope this goes out in mental health week now. I said that. So, <laughs> um, but if not, put the date up for it. So, uh, but, um, so I was, uh, nowadays it's easy. Talk to somebody, speak to somebody nowadays, but back then you, you're not. You know, it's, you, it's, you can't, you can't show a weakness. 
there's ego in that as well. You know, I can cope with this. Uh, I can deal with this. I don't need uh, that extra support. What can they tell me that I don't know about myself and things like that? So there was a lot of ego there. And, and you know, and on the outside, as Dylan said, on the outside, you have got the perfect life. You know, people looking at you, you've got the, the why, why are you moaning? Why are you down? Why are you, you know, what is going on? And then, you know, the narrative that's playing in the background, um, it never goes away, but you know that you have to put a 10 out of 10 performance on, on Saturday. Sometimes you can escape. Sometimes you can use those, uh, the opportunity to play to escape. But, you know, what we were going through as a club, um, you couldn't really escape because you knew that if you didn't perform well and you didn't get a result, you know, again, it's like we're getting relegated and that's going to make the fans unhappy. And, you know, your neighbours are uh, Reading fans and, you know, or your neighbours are an Oxford fan laughing at you and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, so it was all going on. And, and again, you put on a front, you put up a face and we do, you know, naturally men do anyway. Yeah. But I think in that, in that, uh, pressure cooker of, of sport and, and specifically football, you you um you know, you you can't tell the manager not feeling great today. You know, no, can't tell him, you know. Nowadays you can. Like I say, there's more of an acceptance, more of an understanding, more of a place, a safe safe space to speak. So um so yeah, so I think nowadays I'm in fact I'm just doing a course at the moment in regards to um like with counselling with sports pl- uh, people. But one of the things that, you know, is highlighted and it's so obvious that, you know, that we're all human beings and we've all got gifts in what we do, you know, but the outcome of what you do shouldn't hold so much on your life that it crushes you or cripples you or restricts you from being who you should be and play and stuff like that. And there's there's some really good things that I've been reading that, techniques that are in place to remind uh you know the sports people that there is a bigger picture here you know you, you you're going to do what you do every day but look at the bigger picture what's the bigger picture what's the bigger picture in your life um so to be able to offer that advice now i, I feel you know is something that i'd really recommend but not just for sport this is a this is for everybody <clears throat> what yeah. was your bigger moment my bigger picture moment was this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it to sound bad, right? <laughs> when I left Reading, that was my bigger picture moment. <laughs> Not <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was when, so Trish, my wife, was unwell as uh, whilst at Reading. Again, kept it all quiet. When we moved to Portsmouth, one of the things we realised we, that we were lonely. As a couple, we were lonely because we couldn't really make friends in, in and around. We lived in Didcot. So it was a real commuter place. We'd been, where we'd been brought up in London, even though it was a commuter place, we still had enough life to do stuff, but it did cut nothing. So loneliness. Uh, so we decided, right, we're going to try and make friends, you know, at, at, at Portsmouth. It took us about a year and, and the friends that we made used, uh, were churchgoers. And I said to my wife, you couldn't have picked anybody apart from churchgoers, you know. <laughs> oh, don't go to church with them and stuff. No, I didn't want to go near church. And um, anyway, we ended up going to church with them. Um, and for the first time, I heard a message, I guess, about life 
beyond football, life beyond Linvoy. And, and I started to ask myself, who is Linvoy? You know, and, and that's what, when I started to ask those questions about me, the answers started to come in such a way through, um, through the Bible, through conversations with friends. My friend Darren Moore, uh, uh, you know, a Christian, used to ask him questions and, and like this conversation we're having, you're finding out things that you wouldn't necessarily know at the time. When we traveled away, Darren and I would have these same conversations and we could be open and honest with each other. And that's when it, that's when it hit, you know, that's when it hit. There's a number of other things. And at that point, I'd say that's the point when I realized, you know what? Faith needs to be something that, uh, that I've not heard about that belongs to me. And I went on this journey, uh, explored Christianity. And in the end, you know, just made a decision that, you know, Christianity is the way, um, I think I need to live. And that was it. Didn't think nothing more of it. And then, you know, within two years, set up a charity. I've traveled to two countries to do work out there, like with orphanages and stuff. And that was the bigger picture. You know, that was, it was like football meant something, but I tell you what, that's even better. So when I came to play football, I enjoyed it so much more because I knew it, my life didn't rest on the result where it did for eight years, eight to 10 years before. Yeah, and Linvor, your your daughter plays for London City Lionesses, doesn't she? So your experience from your playing days and, and your, you know, as they call it, your your journey, um, mm. how has that helped you sort of because it's an interesting one, isn't it? You you're yeah. you're a dad, but also you've got that you can relate to her playing football. How has all that stuff that you've, you know, all those experiences, how has that helped you as a, as a father and supporting her playing football, all that stuff? Yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been hard, you know, it's been hard to, to watch it. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, my daughter, she's done very well. You know, she's going off to the World Cup in July to play for Jamaica, uh, which would be lovely. She's in a group of death, though. She's with France, Brazil, and somebody else. It's like, oh, <laughs> seven days could be back. So anyway, but um, don't it, tell her that. No, she knows. <laughs> she knows. The, the whole team knows. Don't worry. <laughs> when they were hoping that France would stay on strike because they went on strike, the players not too long ago. She was like, oh, please let them stay on strike. So they sacked the coach, so the players all came back. But but yeah. So um, yeah. So it's, like I say, it's been hard because. What I've realised, you can talk about your experiences a lot, but until you go through it, you can't, I want to say you can't avoid it. You have to go through something. So she got told by, when she was 18, 19, she got told by Chelsea that she they were going to let her go. Similar sort of experience to me. So what I said to my wife was, I think she, let's give her a week to be upset. Let her be upset. Let her be angry. Let her, because if we say it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right. Every time she, she that don't make you feel better. But if she's got, a, you know, she's got a vent and vent and vent. So seven days, you know, in our heads, right? That's it. So we just said to her, right, look, it's bad. You know, you're disappointed, but what you're going to do? You, you've got to do something now. So you know. So she says, right, I'm going to America. 
I'm like, what? You know, so she went <laughs> on a four-year scholarship in America. Best thing ever. But that, that I never, ever stopped uh, grieving about being released from Charlton until I was 29 when I realised I had a bigger purpose than just playing football, you know. So that was something. That was something that we were able to say to her. She doesn't know that we that was the process we were thinking, but that was the thing we could bring to her. And there's other things, obviously, like performance, you know, getting left out of the team, uh, contract negotiations, you, you know. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, my days, why do these clubs do this? Yeah. Just be straight. <laughs> you know, just be straight. So all of that, but she... The thing she has to experience it. I don't like it, but you know, I, I, I was in the car with my son yesterday, and I was done wanting to tell him, "Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that!" I thought, "I can't! I can't!" He's got to do it, isn't he? He's got to do it. So, and that's what it's like with my daughter. I, I realized from a young age, when she was about ten, I'm not going to tell her how she can play football because I got it full throttle back. So. uh so yeah, very passive in the way we deal with it. Yeah, so that's that's you know a couple of the ways to deal with it. You, you know, my friend describes sport as four funerals and a wedding. Mm-hmm. You have more down days than up days, you know. And those days you have a wedding, you celebrate hard because you don't know when the next wedding's coming. That's Tuesday night I- in Utopia, was it? <laughs> oh, Tuesday! I didn't do Tuesdays. I done Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <hey>. <laughs> <laughs> I went in with glasses, big moustache. You wouldn't know. It was <laughs> All right, uh, Johnny Dylan, do you want to? Yeah. I was just going to say, Dylan, boy. Perhaps the Jamaican team they can do a remake of Cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, oh, you know what? That would be Show brilliant. That would be so good. Next week we'd know be there longer than a week. So, uh, then, boy, if 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 they made that version of the film starring you know someone representing your daughter and you appeared as yeah. as the dad who, yes. who who would play you in that film oh good question denzel oh there you go i was thinking that i was I thinking that. really what yeah, was yeah. that Linvoy, it's just like what you're talking about mental health there and, and back in those days, I mean, you know, issues back then, the world's changed a lot, hasn't it? And seeing what you're doing with the, um, you did the wall in China as a wall. Mm. Um, I do walks over in England for mental health. You wouldn't fancy joining us for one, would you? Well, what do you do? You do oh, what? We, we do some walk, mental health awareness walks with Reading. Different oh, brands. really? Yeah. So if you fancy oh, teaming up for one. superb. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I'll be get the old legs out. You're, how old well, are you, you now? Well, you, know, you know what? My, my legs uh, will probably be all right. It's probably my back that wouldn't cope in the end. So, uh, But you know what? No, seriously, uh, that would be a good thing to, to speak about afterwards because, um, you know... Uh, one of the things I do, and I, I'm not over-promising here, I do some, um, what do you call it, uh, mentoring with the scholars at Reading. And um, um, with, I can't remember who oversees the whole group, but I'll, I'll say it's ABS. With ABS, we've been talking about different things the players can do, though that group of players can do, that, um, you know, heightens things. And I, I think, personally, relationships 
like with because they're in they're in a, a group already and there's the peer groups are in there. But I think relationships with around football, but men outside of football, but around football, so they can get a taste of and see real life as well. Yeah. So I definitely, yeah, we'll speak about it afterwards. I, I'd definitely be up for uh, for doing that, get me walking boots out. Can I, one last <laughs> question for me. I just have to ask this. You've had Chalk and Cheese as manager, Tulis and Redknapp. What was that like for you as a player? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, Pew was, you know, set in his ways. You know, it wasn't going well, wasn't going right, set in his ways. And you knew it was bad because him and Milan used to get on really well. Milan Mandri used to get on well. And when Milan used to fly in from America, he'd go straight to the ground. Like uh, if we were away, he'd go straight to the ground and Tony used to drive him back. So I think we played Stockport away and it's awful. Honestly, awful, bad, bad, bad performance. And Tony got in the car and just drove off and left Milan at the crowd. <laughs> Milan's like, hey, Tony, where are you? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not coming. He didn't even answer. Didn't even answer. Um, Harry, like nearly the opposite, nearly the, not, re- not, not really relaxed, you know, not really relaxed, but very much what you see, what you saw with his eye was what you're going to get, you know, and tactically, you know, you, you there was a few games were a few games against the bigger teams where tactically he got it right, got it right. But most games he'd say, go out, go, go on, lads, out and play. Give him the ball. Just give him the ball. Um, we had a lad on loan. I'm not going to tell you the wages, right? <laughs> he had a lad on loan from, I can't say because, uh, anyway, <laughs> to justify his wages, right? So uh, we were Portsmouth for playing it, uh, paying the wages. To justify the wages, Harry had to play him, obviously. But I'm not joking. I've never heard a team talk where we have to pass the ball to this player so much. Whatever you do, pass it to him. Whatever you do, because if he looks busy on the ball, he's worth the money, isn't he? And he's saying, give him the ball, give him the ball. Anyway, this lad got injured in a warm-up like a few days later because he he, he couldn't handle it. And uh, we got in a little huddle. We'd never done a huddle before. It was like, right, keep him out of the team. Let's win today. And we went and won and he never played again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Harry Harry was the one. And, you know, he he never called him a wheeler and dealer, but he did bring a few players in. He did. Some you'd turn up and you'd go, what's he doing there? Didn't he just win the Champions League? (laughs) You know, it's so funny. So many coming in. Dylan, have have you got a last question for Linvoy? No, listen, you know, I, I apologise, Envoy, that I was late. You know, we, oh, that was really fine. Just arri- we just arrived and by the time I got into, you know, I basically live out of a hotel room at the moment because we've played that many games. And to see you, it's great to, you know, have, that, that smile's worth a million dollars anyway. So, yeah, thank you. you know, and, and like I said, we've all got good memories at Elm Park, you know, and obviously you have at Majeski. Uh, we, we have ups and downs. It's, it's it, as the same in Scotland. It's all swings and roundabouts, you know. <laughs> in, in all, you know, it's great to see you looking well. Thank you. Know, you. I'm, glad, I'm glad you still got your own hair, uh, although. Maybe... <laughs> well, I'll take it off once we've finished. It's a Lego <laughs> hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're looking brilliant. I mean, you're looking brilliant. I mean, that smile. That smile. If I could give that smile to my players on Saturday, we'd we'd, yeah. we'd, we'd survive relegation, but. Um, you know, it's been brilliant to see you. You know, it's been a long, long time. And Very long says, time. 
I'm honoured. I'm I'm just happy to be with Johnny and uh, Mark doing this because you catch up with so many memories, catch up with so many stories. Uh, that's what it's all about. And yeah. When when Mark keeps saying, "Oh, can you do this? Can you do that?" We have we have in South Africa something called load shedding, which they could they cut cut the power off for four hours. Yeah, that's you know, insane. Earlier, yeah. So you know, it, it's always good when I can when I can speak to. We're supposed to be doing one at six o'clock. I've got no chance. Load shedding. So <laughs> go to a bar or a restaurant, but it's too noisy. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, no, brilliant to see you, and I'm glad you everything. Uh, I'm, I'm glad everything's going well for you. And Thank where you. are you living now? Still down in uh, Portsmouth. Still there. So uh, yeah, well, I'm seeing Jilksy next week, hopefully. Oh, make sure he gets yeah. to the bar. He, 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 he's one of these things. He's allergic to going near bars. Oh, is he? Has he got? Has he got that uh, invisible shield up? Can't get through. It's <laughs> 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 bouncing off it. <laughs> I'm, I, Hopefully going to come home next week. I'm going to spend some time in Reading. But uh, Vinny Allaire keeps asking me to come down. Oh, you know, does he? Yeah, Vinny. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, for an- that's for another episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. Before I before we finish, I've got to... I, 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 when, when, when I joined Leeds, uh, when, I, when I left South Africa, Vinny, Vinny was coming to the end of his contract and, and Howard didn't, didn't fancy him. He didn't. And, and we had we had a team photo, and and Vinny was left out the team photo, and we're, we're all sat there, we're all doing done his hair, we're all getting looking good, we've all got the white on, and everybody's sitting. Next thing, Vinny's gone into the into the uh, into the office, and he bought bought him some white overalls with a paint can and a paintbrush, with a you know with a paint hat this yeah, way. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I say, am I, am I in your way, guys? <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy, isn't he? He's a great guy. Everybody just cracked up. We couldn't take the photos for about five, ten minutes because everybody is <laughs> just walking around the ground while we're all getting lined up. You sit there, he's finished walking. And, uh, where do you want the paint? Where do you want the gaffer? Where do you want the painting? <laughs> it was good guy. Brilliant. Well, all the best. All the best of the weekend. Good Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Dylan. Always a pleasure, and, and thank you to to Limvoy. Really appreciate you being a guest. Really, really enjoy speaking to you. No problem at all. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And uh, just a reminder: the guest coming up tomorrow, we've got former Reading midfielder and model John Halls. Uh, Tuesday, thanks to Johnny's hard work and act activity as a stalker, we've got former Reading thanks. winger Glenn Little. And eventually, when it happens, we're going to be bringing you a bonus episode when Reading announced their new manager. We don't think it's going to be Dylan. You know, could be. Who knows? But... Um, oh, don't know. He's back next week. We'll see. Uh, hint, hint. He's coming back next week. Maybe he's not telling us why. Yeah. He said he's in Reading. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. I also- 1,800 to 1. I'll let you know. Dylan Kerr's been spotted at the Oracle. Is, is, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Dylan. And uh, thank you to our special guest, Limvoy. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.